You're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. This is episode 60. Episode How are you, John? 60. I'm good. I'm reading um, inspirational Elizabeth Holmes quotes. Oh, my God. Is, does that exist? Mm-hmm. Is that like an actual thing? Venture Beach just okay, published give me an article. 10 inspiring quotes from Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes that she will probably oh, need no. right now. Oh, my God. Give me the number one. Uh, the number one is you'll get knocked down over and over and over again and you get back up. I bet she wasn't expecting that the SEC would be one of those people that knocked her down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, savage. Oh, John, we need to talk about Theranos, but there's first something we need to talk about. Sad news. We're breaking up. No, I'm kidding. We're not breaking up. It's, it's, it's like the opposite of breaking up. It's more like we're going to hang out, but differently. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like we could still be friends. Well, basically, um, my startup is doing well. <laughs> we went to... Uh, this is we, the perfect uh, reason to break up. Yeah, we went to, <laughs> to market in earnest this quarter and it's wow. been good. Um, I'm exhausted. Nice. Um, yeah. But I and do... you can probably tell that it was hard for us to overlap oh, yeah. <laughs> lately with the so, time zone and everything. Yeah, so I do need to focus on that. And unfortunately, I have pretty much no additional bandwidth, so to speak. Yeah. And we're also... But we decided together, I think. Yeah. Uh, we thought that... I thought that we need to... You know, it should be reliable and we should show up every week or whatever. Um, and I think it's cool that, you know, if you're busy, we just do something different with the podcast so yeah. i'm also about to raise our series a so i think that's oh my god be, yeah yeah so like after that you're just gonna go mia completely yeah, I'm going back um, to sleep. you just have to remember this i should have done this for equity damn it um oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is good for your brand um but no so uh i it's it's gonna be very sad because John and I have been catching up for what two years now on the phone every other week. It's been a lot <laughs> Just shooting of fun, the shit. Um, but it's been good fun, and uh, I think it'll be it'll be sad to kind of like not do it. But the current thinking, um, at least we will see. Stay tuned on this. Is uh, chapter two will broadcast sometime? I hope in the next couple of weeks, and uh, with a new format and two new hosts. But we're going to have John back on a regular basis, where I call him and ask for the thought of the day in the taxi or an inspirational quote maybe <laughs> what's the yeah. latest yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. i'm gonna miss talking to you i know but that's why i'm gonna have to just like make sure that you're on at least one every couple of weeks that's where we fine. just I'm ask you something because there's something um because i need somebody to rant with me about apple shit <laughs> i know i was thinking like i was even thinking maybe i would want to like do just like something once a month and i was like yeah nah i, I like ranting with owen so i'm just gonna yeah. not bother <laughs> well i'll just make sure i'll make i'll make a note to make sure that you're on once a month so that's i love that do not miss john too much because i promise i'll bring him back um but it's been it's been really fun john so thank you for doing this well, like all 60 it. episodes yeah it's been definitely a blast i cannot i i to me, the podcast is a amazing, amazing outlet for everything else that I keep in my head all the time. So I've right. got, you know, work, 
family, friends, girlfriend, yeah. and then every everything else. And so it's like yeah. really nice. And we just yell at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, we have a great conversation. And so I will miss chatting with you. Yeah, but we're going to make sure to do it. So please stick around and keep listening. Uh, just as a side note, uh, chargepodcast.com will announce the new thing or whatever um, there. But And you better keep listening to Owen. Please send your notes. <laughs> you don't have to, but yeah, I promise, do. I promise uh, I have two new amazing hosts and I think it's going to be really fun. I think it will be different, um, but I promise like it won't be too crazy far away. So yeah. That's it. What was the one up? One more thing. You're going to one more thing me. <laughs> we do have a whole episode, by the way, after this, so don't cancel out yet. <laughs> oh no, I was just going to say one more. Oh, I said one more episode. Oh yeah, this is this gonna, is it. This is it. Well, I feel like we have to start with a topic that we've covered since like the first episode, and I didn't know anything about this company when we started this thing. Really? And it's just like the irony. No, I mean, like I kind of knew sh- like shit about them, but I didn't know anything really like substantial. You know what I mean? Funny. Like, yeah. And so uh, look, can you just like tell me the headline and I'll tell you what happened. Elizabeth Holmes announces layoffs at Theranos following SEC settlement. Oh, but what was the SEC thing? We didn't even record since that happened. Oh, what was the SEC thing? I don't even know if I... The SEC basically finally came down hard on Elizabeth Holmes for her part and the company's kind of role in misleading both companies and America. I just think I take a little bit of issue or at least I get a little bit nervous because Mm -hmm. what the SEC is saying is that um, you can't dream that far. You know, you can't, um, Mm -hmm. you can't... And Don't dream too hard. Yeah, and I think... (laughs) Because entrepreneurship is this um, delicate balance between dreaming and making your dreams reality, right? And, you know, if people aren't allowed to imagine something in a different way and then drive that reality, you know, drive that vision into reality, you know, we won't have any, we won't have any innovation. We won't have things moving forward. And there's, there is this like, unless you've done this, it's really hard to see the mm. way and how unfairly the obstacle courses are set up. Um, sure, yeah. The environment is like optimized for like keeping the big players big. Them in place, exactly. And so I un- I do understand why Zenefits, Theranos, Uber, etc. Mm. Ha- happened um, because the system is really hard to navigate and deal with mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. the regulatory environment and just business right you know how yeah, the, yeah. how it works um and so you know it, it this is sir I, I hope this doesn't um dissuade people from um mm. dreaming and from raising venture dollars and from thinking about trying something um because i you know i wouldn't I hope people don't feel like they're just going to get sued by their investors or, yeah. or, by, or, you know, taken down by the SEC for, you know, claiming to be able to pull off something they think they're going to be able to pull off. True. Although I would say that, like, I think there's a, there's that line, of course, I think, I think you're right in terms of like, holy fuck, it might scare people off, but also it might be okay to scare off the kind of people that would like Theranos went pretty far and how misleading it was in an area that's pretty sensitive <laughs> yeah i agree um and i think I, I think i see what your point is in terms of like hey 
this is kind of crazy, but also I do think that the SEC kind of let um, Elizabeth Holmes off pretty lightly in the end. Um, I remember the ruling, you know, it said she had to pay them like so much money. It was like millions and millions and millions, but they let her off with like giving up all her shares and not being a CEO of a public company again, um, which is which is like, a you know, at least it was kind of like a slap, but it's still kind of crazy given what, what they got away with. Um, but the, the crazy thing about this whole story is it really did come full circle now. Like yesterday night during Mark Zuckerberg's like face the music moment, Theranos laid off basically everybody. I think there's only a dozen or so people left at the company now. Um, so it's actually like, I think it's done. I don't really understand what's left if you have a dozen people when you used to have, I assume it's just basically hedging time. Yeah. I mean, everybody's saying it's hedging time to delay bankruptcy. So I like I don't really know where they come back from this, to be honest. I mean, I don't even know if you'd if you'd buy, I don't know if if you want if you'd want to. I don't. I mean, like you can you revive know. a brand? Like you, that? I yeah, know. I mean, I think you can. I think it's hard to say they 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 raised a lot of money and they deployed a lot of it. Oh, so yeah. it's hard to say how far they There's got. A lot of you stake. Know? And yeah, we. By the we, way, I had 800 employees at the start of 2016. So it's it's quite a lot of people that came full circle. I think like the crazy thing is, you know, both Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes still say they didn't do anything wrong. Uh, she's still kind of driving this company. But yeah, I'm, I mean, if they can pull it off, they can pull it. Like if they really legitimately are close to the technology, maybe it doesn't matter in the end. And if it's still around, it's just... A very different scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, slow and, you know, I think it will actually, you know, good tie into Mark mm. Zuckerberg's congressional hearing. Oh, my God. One of the senators asked him if the, um, if the, uh, motto of the company was still move fast and break things. Mm. Um, and his response was, um, I think it was something like, no, it's now move fast on stable infrastructure or something like that. <laughs> move fast and right. build stable infrastructure. But yeah. um, to me, the way I run things and the way I think about building businesses and building startups is slow and steady. You know, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the oldest of the adages is actually one of you know the better ones. I think it is the turtle that usually wins the race um yeah and i think that if you just slow and steady slow and steady you know you don't but we like to put a lot of pressure on businesses to grow really mm-hmm. hyper quickly and i think that's that's the part, whole venture capital part, thing I think yeah that's yeah the way that the timelines are um set up on the perspective of 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 future that that um venture capitalists have to take mm-hmm. to, to make their bets over and uh, most funds are only taking a five-year perspective and so um, right right you know there's a lot of pressure to get something meaningful done in that amount of time and that's a really really small amount of time um and so you know i'm now what two and a mm-hmm. bit years into mine um mm-hmm. and I think I took the first part really slowly, you know, really slowly. Yeah. And I think we'll take the next little part pretty slowly too. And then I think then once we have a great deal of repeatability in our business um, mm. and we understand our unit economics and we understand how to talk to our market, then we can spend and deploy a large, you know, 
quantity of capital to, to push us into the market. But, you know, I wouldn't have rushed my business into the market. And I think, and I think even with what I do, which is, I hope getting us to a level of, um, data infrastructure in cities and really thinking about cities having data as real infrastructure, I take that responsibility seriously, knowing that there might be mission critical systems that are built on top of our right, um, right. sub pub. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I think this is twofold of a lot of kids, you know, getting a lot of money and being CEOs these days, <laughs> um, myself, one of them. And, mm-hmm. and then a really, poor support poorly supported poorly built um you know degrading venture market yeah that uh isn't supporting founders in the right way and that's a, that's a pretty mm-hmm. lethal combination for it pushes for them into toxic decisions yeah yeah it's um it's really interesting it's like it's the most i don't know if you've watched the hbo silicon valley thing but it's like just the metaphors on there are just too perfect half the time i think like there's all these all these jokes about like hyper growth. We got to do this and this and this at any cost. It's just like crazy how real it is. I think right now, um, and it's all it's all because of the state of uh, the market. But um, that leads directly into Facebook. I think. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. this is like the best day to be recording, man. <laughs> That's um, a good one. Holy cow! So did did you watch the Olympics last night? And by Olympics, I mean Mark Zuckerberg testifying in Congress. I have consumed <laughs> all five hours of it. No way! Yeah, oh, I, man. I put it on times two speed, and I just plowed through it last oh, night. Nice. I I tapped out at like two and a half hours, man. I couldn't listen to any more senators asking how the internet worked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I can't even. I don't even know where to start on this whole thing, other than. Um, the fact that like all of this started with the guardian reporting on you know this this cambridge analytica thing and like everybody's data going out and then facebook completely definitely underestimating how much people and the media gave a shit uh and also like it seemed like facebook didn't do anything for years uh in terms of like rate limiting or whatever on its api because it was just like let's build the thing and get everybody to use it and we'll figure it out later um so my favorite moment last night was uh, the moment where um, oh, I'm trying to pick. Actually, there's a few favorite moments. the the one The one guy, and I'm I'm still talking about the like bad computer people questions. Um, the moment where the senator was like, "How do you expect to make money if you're not charging for your service?" And he's like, "We run ads." <laughs> Man, I like I like lost it. Um, I just couldn't believe it because like fundamentally they didn't even know it. Like some of them couldn't even get it. Um, and it was kind of mind boggling, uh, in that regard, I'm assuming you kind of expected it to go that way. Like I just didn't expect it to be that level of questioning. I mean, I've watched a zillion of these judicial oversight Senate committee things. I love them. Um, no, I think that they, this one was, you know, you got, uh, there's a, the government and the Senate have a very um, uh, difficult job in a sense that they don't want to and shouldn't stifle American innovation. And with everything that's going on in the world right now mm-hmm. and this America first um, economic mm-hmm. view that the country's taking, uh, you know, they, they can't go in there and, you know, make one of their top 
three or four One CEOs of the, best, yeah. in the con- countries, you know, tiny, like they just, they're not going to do that. Um, and then I think really in reality, what was, I think, and I also hate when they really make their, their questioning about some political, like, oh, thing yeah, specifically the that thing. they're trying oh. to get across or, yeah, it was, this, this stuff's really annoying. But I think the heart of the questioning was, Mark, will you accept us regulating you? And if so, will you commit to being a part of the conversation of how we form regulation? <laughs> or send me a copy, yeah, <laughs> which or, was or, the or, funny or, part. Yeah, or what would you like? <laughs> yeah, um, what would you like? Mark <laughs> was my favorite. I was like, no. But yeah. So it was interesting. Yeah, I think he did a really good job. I mean, uh, people, people, um, people underestimated him. Yeah, well, like, people, and I think people underestimate Facebook. What it takes to yeah, like, Facebook is a solid company. It's a big, serious company. They're not fucking around over there. No, and I actually, frankly, I trust Mark Zuckerberg personally. I, I've. You know, we're the same age. We grew up on the internet together. He made Facebook. Like, I mean, not like we're not friends, but like we, you know, the Mark you can is the CEO of sense. my of my uh, yeah, he's my CEO of my generation, and so, and I've never ever ever, I've been watching him on TV now for you know ever, and I have never felt scared or worried that Mark himself was trying to lead facebook into you know some yes. you know dark place i think what? he genuinely if wants anything it. it's his ambivalence like yeah. it's him not taking the wheel right and you saw this over the last few weeks like the amount of times i think my favorite uh, i don't know if you read the recode interview i always read the kara swisher ones because they're the best ones but he said something in there like uh, who made me the boss of like deciding where the line is on Facebook? You know, I think we should engage the community. I was like, well, technically you did when you stayed CEO. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's his job. And then, uh, you can't tell me that you're not going to do that. And so I think you're right that, um, I don't know if like a lot of people are like Zuck, the evil guy, but no, I think Zuck is, Zuck is culpable only through, uh, negligence. Like he, uh, I mean, that's why he has other people around him. Unfortunately, maybe they're not the best people all the time. Um, he, he's the guy who just wants to do weird, cool shit. You can tell, right? Like he's just not into any of this and doesn't get it. But uh, my actually favorite serious question last night, by the way, was uh, the one where uh, I think it was Lindsey Graham. Um, hmm. asked, competition question. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Zuckerberg, can you name a single competitor to Facebook. And he's like, it depends what category. And then he's like, no, 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 no. Do you have any competitors? <laughs> Zuck actually, just like couldn't answer it. I, I loved actually it. really liked the, um, I, I, I'd read something online about Lindsey Graham yammering mm. on about car companies. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is he talking? But then when I went, I actually quite, well, but I liked his, and it, it worked out quite well. He said, you know, if I buy a Ford and I don't like it, I can go buy a Chevy. If I don't like Facebook, what do I use? What am I supposed to go buy? It's true. I mean, it's true. It was so painfully true that the whole fucking room laughed like, oh, it doesn't feel like uh, Facebook's too foul to me. And then like the whole room laughs. It's like, ha ha ha. Yes, there's a monopoly. Um, <laughs> um, but one cool thing uh, that also is two other like small things I noticed. Um, one was that um, like senators were obsessed with a paid version of Facebook. And like I, I personally, this like the fact that people think this is like a mutually exclusive 
like think it just like drives me crazy you can't just do both it's not like an app with an app purchases i don't think a business like facebook can operate in that kind of way also how do you unrevoke somebody's data and so like there's this whole crazy thing well no you see this is the but 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 I really am not convinced that they can be this. He, well, so that's what we did at DeviantArt. We had a, I think it was $24 a year, but I th- in, in Facebook's land, it would probably be more. But if you were logged into a paid subscription account, you didn't see AdWords. Okay. So that's an interesting question though, because Facebook's model doesn't necessarily just go on the ads, but like the actual data itself. So, well, but that's, he actually said that's fundamentally not true. And he said that over and yeah, over again. He said, they're not selling it. And that's the meme that drives me crazy. We're not selling data. We're using the, the, cross correlation of all of the data yes. that we have on the platform to offer space to advertisers in slots that they believe will like if i like chocolate and i get chocolate ads this is my, my favorite stupid metaphor from last night right um and an ad targeter wants to target me they target chocolate they never see if they reached me they never see that i like chocolate if i comment on their damn ad they still don't know if they advertise to me or not like I think it's like corporate suicide if you're an ad company to sell ad data. That's the thing that like people don't get still is if you're an ad company and you're selling your data, you just lost your competitive advantage. And that's like a huge misunderstanding. No, I mean, I just think, you know, people have this idea that Facebook's like harvesting all their data and like selling it in a compendium of reports like yeah like here's john he likes cats and was born on this day and comes from yeah they want no one to know that except them and they don't yeah it's so that's what uh my favorite uh analysis from this week i can't remember where it was i apologize if if i find it i'll put it in the show notes but basically like um somebody was saying that you know facebook's shutting the Facebook platform, you know, as a result of this is actually the best possible outcome for them because the Facebook platform was basically dead and now they have even more competitive advantage because that data is going nowhere. Nobody can get it except the people who pay for it now. And so it's kind of like a fun excuse to kill it. Um, So I, I don't think that Facebook, the platform will come back in the form that we've seen previously at all let me ask you this would you pay five bucks a month to facebook if you didn't see an ad yeah i mean of course but i don't think this is a model that exists i think that we are not the correct there's not enough people in our subset of people out there first of all to subsidize the development of that subset of features but i think that that's why you do the high you say anyone who is you know either can't afford it or is in a you know developing country or whatever you will see adverts and anyone who wants to pay to not see adverts will not Mm. see adverts. I could, I can see it happening, but it's like such a fundamental business shift that it would be like fucking monumental, right? Like how how much would they make if they, well, we know how much they make from users every quarter. How much is, I think it's uh, it's $9. You're worth $9 every year to them. That's it. So why don't you let me pay you 20 bucks then? Because the, well, the cost is calculated across the platform, right? It's a, it all this all of this math. I, the reason I think that this can't work uh, is a few a few things. But the one I would get into is basically that the way that Facebook's business model operates on is like everybody is an ad thing. Like it's only nine dollars because there's one billion people. Before it was way less and and or way more. I can't remember, but 
what I'm trying to say is the whole business pivots. And so the price that you're worth on the ad thing might become much higher or lower if they started offering this. It's hard to say. And the business would have to completely shift its priorities. Not a bad thing, maybe, but it's an interesting problem, right? It, it would be a lot easier if they didn't have 2 billion people to address with it. I'd pay for it. I'd, I'd pay for Instagram. <laughs> well, I think you would get all the Google service. Like, I think you'd get all of the Google or the all of the um, uh, Facebook services. Or you might pay yeah, yeah. add-ins like or blanket ad blocks. That, that's an interesting, that'd be fun. Maybe you could pay for specific features. I mean, it's it's a very interesting question. It's like, what if Facebook was willing to basically burn the original Facebook concept to the ground? Offer like, I guess, like if they w- would be willing to reconfigure their business, it could happen. And I just don't, I don't know if Zuckerberg's that kind of guy. <laughs> um, but my favorite meme this week is like. Well, Zuckerberg, will you step down? I'm like, are you crazy? No, he won't. And like, also, he never will give up control of this company because he doesn't have to. Uh, it's just like absurd. Um, but I will say that one last thing on this hearing thing. Um, what my, my my very, very favorite thing out of this is uh, Senate things are like on the record, right? So it's like, you have, do you have to do the swearing thing? Mm-hmm. Like, this is all in the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. And finally puts a bed. Yeah, that's the one under oath. We can finally put to bed the rumor that Facebook listens to your microphone because he's now sworn under oath said, no, please, let's never, ever (laughs) talk about that again. (laughs) I think we had to talk about this a few weeks ago, though, right? Yeah, there is no way that they were listening to your microphone. I assume that was the most amazing conspiracy theory I've ever heard. Now, if you, I love if you it want because to know it's just like how they're getting insane. super creepy, that's a fine enough question to ask. But you know, looking at yeah, well, it's easy. That that was revealed in the question where they said uh, they asked him, "Can Facebook track people when they're logged out?" And I saw on Mark Zuckerberg's face he shat himself because he thought he would have to answer that question, and then he figured out a way out of it. I don't know if you saw that moment, but it was my favorite moment out of the whole thing because he basically he he almost revealed. I mean, look. They can, and they don't even need cookies. <laughs> but that's not what he said. He said, um, I'm not exactly sure how it works. My people have to get back to you. But After a very long hesitation. But, 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 but he said, but cookies do work. And, he, and, well, and then the guy said, other people use how cookies. How can you not know that? Yeah. And he's like, well, cookies exist. I don't, you know, it's, it's serious business though. You don't want to, you don't want to mess up your facts in front of a, a Senate. Well, yes. And also you don't want to say yeah, I mean, he they're going to have to confirm it, I assume, at some point. But like Facebook does track you around the web. Every website has like a thing and like your IP address and your browser and all of your habits reveal a lot about you. They don't need to know it. My favorite question and response by far was, do you think that users know when they are oh, on yeah. a page <laughs> that you know that they're on the page? And I think Mark asked, does it have the Facebook like comments and like button and stuff on it? And he said, yes. And then he said, then I think they know. And he said, well, how would they know? And he said, and he looked really confused. The dude was like, well, all our stuff is on the page. So we'd have to know to put <laughs> it's it loading in from Facebook.com. <laughs> he was it's like, the Facebook logo. So you think that people know that if it's on the page, you know that the that they're on that page. And he was like, I really think that you would be able to know that. And he's like, well, I don't think people know that there's no way to know that if you're on a page and there's Facebook stuff there that, you know, that I'm like, wow, you are a not technically literate human. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, but I think like that's maybe one of the more dubious things about like what Facebook does is that they can like even if you're not having Facebook comments on your website, like most people use um, Facebook Tag Manager, whatever it is, Tag Container, whatever the fuck, which helps like for advertising and shit. So there you go. They already know. Okay, straight up though, like if Facebook wants to follow me around the web in a closed loop fashion that they use to build a profile that then I agree to use their free service in return for advertisers being able to reach me and they are going to create a hyper relevant better advertising experience well, that's, for me that's the I'm argument fine with that i would rather that they knew everything about me so that i wasn't getting um adverts for for dog food i don't have a dog and that's the thing is like they said something like uh this is i mean the media has been so frustrating with this because they're not even trying but there's a whole other thing but there's this huge thing that's going around that's like surveys say that people don't want targeted ads they prefer just like generic ones i'm like bullshit you're asking the kind of people who are sensitive to the word targeted ad oh yeah. yeah i mean it sounds it sounds really bad like it's a it's a trigger it's like would you like an ad that knows things about you very creepy in brackets or would you like the ad that just doesn't know anything and of course people are going to say the, the ad that doesn't know anything but then like in practicality you know how annoying it is when you're on like instagram and like i don't know you get these ads yeah you got an ad for dog food but i i think instagram got really good at ads at some point it used to be really bad and lately it's been okay um and I think that it's really easy. You're okay with it because it, it blends in. It's not like this shock. It's easy for Instagram to do ads. It's really easy because we, yes. they, it's a very visual. Yeah. Well, we use it for very specific. Um, we use, humans use Instagram and aspirationally almost everyone, even if they say that they're just, you know, checking out their friends' baby photos or whatever. Most people will scroll to restaurants that they want to go to, check out some, a couple of celebrities who they like, um, scroll to a couple of friends that they're not, you know, friends with to look at their uh, Tenerife vacation. And that alone is enough to um, pull a very, because you have to remember, if you're a marketer, the truly best marketing is resonating aspirational messages mm-hmm. in the exact right demographic, right? Yes. And so, so... Yes. The inst- Instagram is super hyper easy because it's got a high barrier to entry. It require like you can't just spam it with shit. Um, it requires it requires real thought. People tend to use it in a curated, like highly thoughtful manner, and it has an underlying aspirational social network or um, uh, social graph that you can pull out very very quickly. So. Instagram people think that it's hyper creepy. It's hyper creepy because it's not just looking at the pictures it's that you good. like. It's not just looking yeah. at the pictures that you, it's looking at everything you do. And and the other people like you that are doing those exact things, seeing what they, you know, like in, we use Instagram in a way that it makes it very easy for us, for them to understand us. That's all. Yes, exactly. And unlike Facebook, it's a little bit less complex because Instagram, it, Instagram is a great way to understand a person, right? It's so visual. Um, and I think that's a, the interesting thing there. Anyway, um, shall we talk about Spotify? <laughs> I love Spotify. Um, I, I don't, I mean. Oh, I'm glad. 
Do you actually do? I'm glad to hear that. I'm just going to check their stuff. I mean, no, I don't. I don't use Spotify and I don't like their app or anything. Oh, like you don't that. use it? No, you've never used it, but I but I love their um, their IPO strategy. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that whole thing because I, I get it, but I'd like to kind of hear your take on what they did uh, and why it matters. <laughs> if you have a private company and you want to allow um, everyone in the in a public market to purchase your equity or shares or um, the ability to have some of your company, you obviously take the business and you pick a market, a stock market that you want to market your stock mm-hmm. on, and you list your stock as available to uh, purchase this. Yes. Now, right, and that's just how IPOs work, and that's that. So. Now, yeah, and usually you use a bank. Well, so then you, <laughs> you, because there's so much activity and there's a lot of stocks being traded these days and, you know, brokers and dealers and old white people and hedge funds don't <laughs> um, necessarily know or have a, 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 a thumb on the pulse of everything that's, you know, every company that wants to go public, um, every company that, uh, um, you know, so so what we have is this this uh, process of underwriting and um, and um, built and putting the company on the road and building up demand for the business in advance of the company being listed on um, the stock market. And usually that will include um, both some banks committing to purchasing um, a large quantity of the stock and on, you know, like pre agreeing on the time that the bell drops to purchase, you know, these volumes of, of shares and to effectively hold them for some period of time so that the, um, so that the, um, stock, so the stock price doesn't fluctuate too much. Um, and so in this instance that didn't happen. Right. Right. Yeah. So they, they basically just took the existing shares onto the market, didn't reissue anything new. So the only people, like they basically freed up their employees to sell shares, right? Like that's any, the reason you do this. Who's a, a shareholder. I think the the CEO committed to. Well, not, yeah, that's but you you unlock the equity. That's right, um, and it's a great way of doing it. But the, you have to have built up a, a really strong brand to do it this way. You know, yes. people, you have to believe. You know, Snapchat was able to do this, could have done this potentially because ever you know, lots of kids know about Snapchat, and and so maybe they. They could uh, maybe they could have gone and ran a bunch of adverts on TV saying, you know, and and also because you're not um, IPOing in a traditional manner, the um, quiet period and stuff like that doesn't apply. It was it was fascinating because it actually worked and like, but I love it because it actually does give other companies a big a big chance to do this. If you're, I mean, a good example was Uber, which has been not public for, it's I think ten nine years now. Next year will be ten years. You know, like. Obviously, this is a company that wants to IPO and do it the other way. But like, if you if you're close to Uber, if you're a Lyft, it's a great way to go public. I would say. Well, and also you'd have to have remember the success of an IPO that isn't underwritten is typically simply public perception, and so you'd have to believe that Uber has a brand that individuals would want to buy stock. Yes, in. and Uber is, you know, it's got a brand, but I don't think it's Spotify is like something that people take Uber. really personally. I'd invest in Lyft yeah. if it went public, but I wouldn't Lyft invest yeah. in Uber. Interesting. I did like that they acquired a bike company this week. <laughs> that was quite funny. 
Um, jump is pretty cool as well. Anyway, um, one last topic, and we can make it very short. Uh, but we always have to bring up, like, because since this is the final episode, we have to talk about Apple just for five minutes. Yeah. Um, so Apple is reported to be transitioning to ARM chipsets. And don't know if you heard this already, but so Apple moved to Intel, I think. And I'm so sorry if I get the year wrong. 2006, they did the transition. They used something called Rosetta, which was like if you had a PowerPC app, it would like run an emulator mode, which might be a bit slow, but you could easily like port. And basically it was like a non-event. People bought shit and it was awesome. But now like Apple, you know, the world is different. Apple's kind of one trick pony is now the iPhone. Um, And that's that's a kind of huge deal. Uh, and so what you see as a result is Apple has its own chips and stuff, but they're not in the Mac. And the Mac is like beleaguered by Intel's like bullshit. I think I've given the Mac a lot of shit, but a lot of it is to do with Intel's schedule. Like Apple is held by the neck basically uh, by Intel in that front. And so the rumor basically says that Apple plans to transition to a different architecture again in uh, the next two years, which is pretty fucking crazy. Um, and so to, for the whole lineup, well, yeah, for all of their Macs, so that apparently they plan to drop Intel and that shit would be crazy for Intel because it's basically a vote of no confidence for the world's biggest chipset manufacturer. Um, but also well fucking overdue. <laughs> yeah, I guess they just want to have more control. Well, it's like if you're Apple and you want to, a great example is the current gen MacBooks, right? Like they got pwned by the, it has the previous gen architecture, which means they can't put more RAM in it because of Intel. Like I think if Apple could do its own chipsets, they could do a lot more. And I, I like a hundred percent believe that exactly well, or something similar to what's happened, what Bloomberg reports is what's going to result. Um, because the, the reality is like, uh, Apple, like the iMac Pro has a T2 coprocessor in it already. Um, they're already playing around with like what happens if we offload all this to that. And I think, you know, 2019, and you know, it's not surprising because Microsoft is doing this too. I, I kind of wrote about this the other day for the newsletter people uh, and Recharge, but the whole thing was like, I was trying to explain that the problem for um, companies like Apple and Microsoft is Intel completely just like, Moore's law broke suddenly and Intel did nothing. And like, it's just completely slowed and it's been about money extraction rather than R and D investment. Um, and so Apple, you know, like they can do crazy shit now. And I think that they are in the right position to kind of, um, do this. I think it'd be fascinating. I mean, it all makes sense if they were going to do it, they would have to, uh, it would be very interesting if you could run iOS apps on your computer. And the rumor is that, uh, Mac OS what's this year, 10.12, I think, is going to let you run iPhone and iPad apps right on your Mac. So there you go. But can't you mostly do that, that already? Yeah, but it'll be kind of native. So you'll be able to like, you can you can emulate them in this thing, right? With the thing, whatever it's called, the simulator. Mm-hmm. But this is, the rumor is it's called Marzipan. Um, and the idea is that they'll actually put iOS apps in the Mac app store. Um, and so if you want to use like, but this is basically the answer to the question, why doesn't Twitter want to develop an app for Mac? And it's for the same reason that Google doesn't let you run Android apps on Chromebooks now. It's like, if you can use Twitter for iPhone, which is a fucking great app natively on the Mac at like great performance, so you, wait, you why, why wouldn't you? Well, no, not yet. That's the next version of Mac OS. I mean, I would like, I would 100% use this. Yeah, no shit. 100%. I would, I would use the Twitter app. Oh, from I my see phone what you're saying on now. a computer 
I'm well, yeah, they're basically, they're basically make a unified app platform, right? I mean, this is what um, Steve Jobs hated the web, so this is what they're like they've been gunning for for a long time. Yeah, and it's 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 also I would say, uh, and this is like my frustration with it, is it does head. It's basically a hedge against Electron and like what's going on. I think Apple sees that like fuck, Electron is getting big. I have I haven't seen many native apps lately kind of emerging like twitter has gone to progressive web apps only now which is crazy um, so what if what if apple gave you effectively electron in the OS? like if they gave developers access to to an electron style environment like i guess that's yeah is that i don't know much about swift or well that would be cross it's not in the yeah, it's that so Swift is cross-platform. There is Swift for Android is it, and development. Is it JavaScript either? Like the, the reason that people like Electron and the reason that the web is is making all of these um, web apps is because of JavaScript. Mm. Basically, I mean, it's all right. It's and all, it's easy. To, it's approachable. Um, yeah, and that's the that's the big question. It's like if Swift got to the point where you could cross-compile, it'll be fascinating. You know, like Apple could basically own the app layer um in a, in a fascinating way because i think uh electron is kind of like a um what's the what's the word like an existential risk for apple's uh whole like native apps thing but you can you can debate that as you will but I, I just thought it was really interesting because it kind of changes everything if intel you know intel is a company that's still there chugging away and like nobody talks about the fact that like nobody competes with intel really <laughs> um and i saw i saw i think it's cloudflare announced this week that they moved to like 40 percent of their cloud is powered by arm servers and they save so much money because the electricity bill is a lot lower um so there you go i think i think we're kind of on the forefront of like you know computers have just been like this for so long that we assume that the way that they work and how they work and the power you need in a computer is just a very, like it's, a, it's an assumed fact. Um, and I think that maybe we're all going to switch to ARM architecture soon. Yeah, so Cloudflare says it's going to be rid of Intel by Q4 2018. That's crazy. That is, a lot, that is pretty crazy. Intel better step up its game. Uh, yeah, well, Intel must be shitting itself if these companies are going public with this as well. Like... That's crazy. Did you watch? Um, did you watch? Do you trust this computer? No, I heard it's amazing. Is it worth watching? I mean, it's really boring in the sense that like it's everything we we know, but um, it's probably it's probably good that it's out getting out there because I think it's basically Elon a lot Musk's of, warning. A lot of the stuff we've been talking about for a while now. So right, interesting. It's for it's for it's definitely for like. It's for wider audiences, mainstream consumption. Yeah, yeah, got it. Make your granny watch. Yeah, it. well, I'll put it in the show notes. I think it's a interesting thing. All right, John. Well, this has been. A, I think it's been a fun run. I think uh, this is a good good one for wrapping it up, including that we like fucked up the audio earlier. So, oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, it was like literally like episode one again. But uh, it's been a pleasure. So, like, we're gonna. I'm gonna make sure you like you're back on this thing because I I don't want to not catch up uh, and hear about all of these things <laughs> i'm always happy to give you my hot takes Owen. good one thank you bye biscus <laughs> bye biscus bye oh biscus. also if you have any notes for myself or john <laughs> if you want to say goodbye <laughs> you can email us hi at chargepodcast.com so feel free to uh or slack or whatever uh but otherwise yeah 
thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon bye bye biscuits